Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. Our conversation today will walk you through what to consider when it comes to workplace benefits and how to think about these decisions in context of your longer-term financial plan and current financial needs. Joining me here for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Ainsley Carbone, Total Wealth Strategist Americas, as well as Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas, both with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Ainsley, Justin, welcome back. Great to be with you both as always and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I do want to let our listeners, our clients know up front that our conversation today will tie right into the most recent Modern Retirement Monthly publication. Uh, This is an ongoing publication series, though, for the most recent edition, which we will be highlighting today, uh, the focus is a checklist on your work benefits. So I do want to point out that the publication can now be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO for your reference. Of course, if you are a client of UBS, feel free to reach out to your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy directly. Though, Ainsley, we'll dive right into it. I know when it comes to employment, generally speaking, there is more to benefits than just salary. So, Ainsley, can you walk us through some more notable benefits and how they help contribute to one's longer-term financial goals? Yes, absolutely. So, I find that the benefits uh, contributing to your long-term financial goals in two ways. The first way, it includes benefits that are included on the asset side of your balance sheet. So these would be retirement accounts, health savings accounts, equity awards. And I see them as contributing to longer-term financial goals because they are vehicles that allow you to save and invest those assets so that you can accumulate wealth for a future objective. The second way in which benefits can help you reach long-term financial success is by providing protection from certain risks that can potentially damage your financial situation. So these benefits would include things like disability and life insurance. So while these benefits don't provide you with additional dollars in your pocket to add to your balance sheet today, they do give you a way to protect possibly one of the biggest assets on your balance sheet, which is human capital. And human capital... Uh, it, it represents the value of your future earnings. But from your family's perspective, this is really the source of funding for your current living expenses as well as retirement savings. So if anything were, were to happen to your human capital or your ability to earn an income, it could really damage your financial situation. Disability and life insurance can protect your finances from some of those worst case scenarios. So for instance, if you become injured and aren't able to work for an extended period of time, If you didn't have that disability coverage, you'd likely have to tap into retirement savings at some point just so that you can meet your needs today, which, of course, is going to compromise your your long-term financial goals like retirement. So without that that, the right amount of coverage, you could just be making it harder to reach your long-term goals. So while some of the benefits are clearly provided to you today to help support your lifestyle today, like a paycheck, the value of other benefits aren't going to be as obvious. But if you're looking at these decisions with your work benefits, if you're looking at it in the context of your financial plan, it'll allow you to consider each benefit and you'll be able to see how it can add value to your financial plan and to your life across all time horizons. 
Thank you, Ainsley. So yeah, there, there's quite a lot there to consider and clearly it's important for one to take the time to do so and perhaps have the right conversation with their financial advisor in order to better understand uh, what they have at their disposal and how these solutions, these benefits can help when it comes especially to one's longer term financial plan. Now, when it comes to funding work benefits, one of the biggest questions is whether to contribute to a traditional 401k or a Roth. 401k. So, Justin, can you walk us through that decision, what goes into it? Absolutely, Dan, and thanks again for having us. Um, Obviously, 401k retirement plans are one of the most visible work benefits that we have available to us. And the decision about whether to do pre-tax dollars uh, and pay taxes in retirement, so that's a traditional uh, 401k, so you, you don't pay any taxes in your earnings now, your investments grow tax deferred, but then you pay income taxes on anything you take out in retirement um, versus a Roth 401k, which is where you pay taxes on your on your income today. Uh, the investments grow tax free and distributions are tax free in retirement. That would be a Roth 401k. The decision ultimately between traditional or Roth comes down to what you expect your your uh, income taxes to be today versus when you withdraw in retirement. Uh, for example, you may need to start withdrawing from your 401k, um, you know, starting when you, when you retire or um, at, at the very least when the government starts requiring minimum distributions, which is at, under current law at age 72. Um, and so obviously there's some years uh, after you retire and before required minimum distributions begin, which we, we call them gap years. Uh, when you may have very, very low taxable income. And so if you do contribute to a traditional IRA uh, or a 401k, there, there may be some years where in retirement you're actually at a lower tax bracket than you are today when you're in your working years. Um, and in, so, so to that extent, you know, some traditional 401k contributions would make sense versus a Roth contribution. However, if you, uh, if you believe that you're going to be at a higher tax rate in retirement, then a Roth 401k makes sense. And, and, and at the end of the day, what we really recommend is evaluating this every year uh, based on your current tax situation. And the goal should be to build up some, some balances in both traditional and Roth 401k. That gives you flexibility down the line to manage your tax burden in retirement a bit better. Um, you obviously um, paying, getting a higher, uh, a greater amount of paycheck today is a huge benefit of the traditional 401k because you're, you're not having to pay taxes on that portion of your of your earnings. Um, but it's also really nice to not have to worry about paying taxes in retirement. It can be a really powerful vehicle for giving, uh, giving assets to others as well because if you're able to leave an inheritance of Roth assets, that could be very beneficial to your, your, uh, your heirs. Uh, and so the most important thing is to really, you know, uh, think about it every year, uh, maybe talk to your tax advisor and your financial advisor to get their input as well, but really to build over time, build a balanced approach. And I think the most important thing also to remember is that, you know, it's it may often be six of one, half dozen, dozen of another. It's not really nearly as important as actually um, just saving to begin with. Uh, every dollar that you put into your 401k at age 25 could be somewhere between 10 and $20 uh, at age 65 with all the growth that you're going to enjoy in the meantime. And so uh, the most important thing is to save 
Uh, and then the second, second most important thing is to pick the right, uh, right, right uh, account to, to contribute to. Justin, thank you for the clarity when it comes to considerations on which route to approach. And it does sound like, again, ongoing conversations with one's financial advisor as one's circumstances evolve over the years can help one make an informed decision on uh, which approach is the best for them. So moving on here, I know, Ainsley, within the latest Modern Retirement Monthly, you do outline a four-point checklist to help families make work benefit decisions that help them meet their financial goals. So can you walk us through some of the finer points of each within the checklist? Yes, absolutely. I'll go through them at a high level. Um, There were four topics that we covered in the report. I do just want to say that this is not an exhaustive list of work benefits that you may find through your employer. So I encourage you to look through your own benefits Uh, with your financial advisor to make sure that you're making the most of what's available to you. But the first one I want to go through is is choosing a health insurance plan. You'll have to go through this if you you are looking for health insurance. Um, Obviously, you'll want to make sure that the plan that you're picking is going to be one that is suitable to your family's medical needs. But in terms of comparing the cost, you you need to understand how the costs work within each plan so that you can select the plan that works well for your family's budget. Now, when we say cost, we don't just mean premium. I know that can be a big area that people focus on when selecting health insurance just because that's the amount that's taken out of your paycheck. But you also want to be considered of, of what the deductible is, what the maximum out of, out of pocket would be for that year, what the coinsurance is. That way you can get a better picture of what to anticipate for potential costs that you may incur throughout the entire year rather than just what's being taken out of your paycheck. And then once you've selected a plan and you're aware of those costs, make sure that you set aside the resources to meet uh, the potential out-of-pocket costs that you would you could potentially incur throughout the year. The second step that we talk about or the second action item would be to protect your human capital. I won't go into too much detail because I talked about that earlier in our conversation, but you really just want to make sure that you are aware of what's available to available to you through your employer so that you can make the decision as to whether or not there are any coverage gaps, meaning um, what your insurance need is, if that exceeds your your coverage through your employer, then that means that if you did need coverage or if you did need those benefits, you might be falling short of what you actually need to support your family. And then you can go through and, and consider some of your options for closing that gap with your financial advisor. When it comes to the third step that we talk about, saving for retirement, Justin had talked about that a little bit earlier. So like he said, if you haven't done so already, you've, you've got to enroll in your company's 401k plan to start saving for retirement. You'll need, to, you'll need to determine how much you can afford to save first, but I would encourage you to aim to contribute at least the minimum, or excuse me, yes, at least the minimum amount required in order to receive the full employer match if your employer does in fact match any of your contributions. And if it's available, I would suggest turning on the auto increase feature of your 401k contributions. Hopefully every year you'll go through and adjust your saving strategy as your income increases over time. However, if you have an auto increase feature, it allows you to feel comfortable knowing that your savings rate will increase if you forget to do so. And then the last item is making the most of your equity awards. Equity award programs are incredibly complex. They can be so complex to the point where it's overwhelming. They all have different rules and time horizons and tax implications. So I really encourage everyone to just take the time to figure out which type of plan or program you have. 
if you aren't sure which one it is, then you can speak with your, I would suggest you ask your employer to see how, if they have any guidance or educational services that they can offer you. Once you know which plan you have, you've got to figure out what you want to do with those wards. So there are essentially three things that you can do with it. First one being use it to fund near-term spending. Second would be save it for emergencies. Third, invest it for the long-term growth. And then once you know what you want to do with it, then you can work with your financial advisor to incorporate that into your financial plan so you can make sure you're aware of the tax implications so that you can maximize the after-tax value. Well, Ainsley, thank you for unpacking the four-point checklist for us. And of course, we do encourage our listeners, our clients especially, again, to access the most recent Modern Retirement Monthly. Again, can be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO to read more in depth when it comes to these four points that Ainsley just walked us through. So maybe as a closing point in the way of next steps, what actions should our clients take and what kind of follow-up conversation or even serious of conversations should our clients have with their financial advisor? I can start. Um, I think, obviously, there are a lot of things that we've, we've discussed uh, in this podcast about uh, different elements that you should be talking over with your advisor. I'm sure that some of them resonated with you more than others. Um, so everyone should really think about where they might have gaps in their own uh, financial life. The one that I think um, a lot of us tend to overlook is life insurance and disability insurance. It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable to think about what might happen to your family if you were to you know, face disability or, or premature death. Um, and sometimes it's easier to just ignore those aspects. Um, but our research has shown that it's, it's, it's relatively cheap to protect yourself against that and give yourself the, the, the peace of mind. Um, and the more that you look into, into the options that you have, the more confidence that you can have um, to, to invest the rest of your wealth and, and make sure that you're planning for the long term. And so I would say definitely that, you know, life insurance especially, uh, discussing that over with your advisor and, and, and getting an idea of, of what your life insurance need, I think it can really help you to illuminate, um, you know, the value of your human capital and then also can, can give you the confidence that your family will be, will be um, taken care of uh, regardless of what happens. And then one thing I just want to point out is, uh, or mention is, is on the topic of equity awards. I find them so fascinating because they can be so complex. And I think this complexity can make it difficult for people to make decisions and it can cause inaction at some times, at times. And when you're not taking action on it, you could be missing out on something that can, can be so beneficial to you. I'd encourage everyone to think about the, the money that they're receiving. Uh, through equity awards as just similar to a paycheck. How do you treat your regular paycheck? Um, don't, I would just say don't think about it as though it's, uh, it's something like a lottery ticket. I know some of our surveys, our research has shown that people look at their equity awards as a lottery ticket versus just part of their compensation. And I think if you can work with your financial advisor to incorporate those equity awards into your financial plan, it will help you see the value that it can add to, to your wealth over time. And it can also help to make sure that you are working with your financial advisor to monitor the amount of your wealth that's held in your company stock. Because, of course, a concentrated stock position in your portfolio is going to be a risky proposition for anyone. But that risk is going to be heightened when it's stock in a company that pays your salary. So working with your advisor, they can make sure that you're building diversification around that concentrated concentrated position 
and it, they can help protect your financial situation against the threat of an idiosyncratic risk to the business. So again, just continue these conversations, and I think it'll really help make sure that you're making the most of your your work benefits. Well, Ainsley, just in very productive conversation today, which delivered our listeners and our clients with a lot of practical guidance when it comes to how to think about and approach workplace benefits. And of course, as we've been reinforcing throughout our conversation today, the conversation does not end today. We do encourage our clients especially to have that follow-up conversation or a series of conversations with their financial advisor to map out the right approach for their individual circumstances. Though Ainsley, Justin, thank you again for the time today. We'll look forward to having you back on again with us soon. Thank you for having us. Timeframes may vary. Strategies are subject to individual client goals, objectives, and suitability. This approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.